Hello and welcome to another edition of the Main Stage. I'm Patrick McCormack, joined as always by Ryan Ginio. Ryan, we had a holiday. We cu- took a couple weeks off. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. There is so much to talk about for this week's episode. Got to recap both soccer's got volleyball, and of course, uh, track season starting and basketball's getting underway non-conference-wise. As you mentioned, we have junior Kaylee Visigi on the podcast to talk about her great career and some of the great stuff she does off the track with the Lions. She'll join us during the interview session. Men's soccer, first appearance in the tournament since 2008. Women's soccer back to the East Regional semifinal. Volleyball to the semifinal. Basketball picked up their first couple wins. So we're in full swing here with the winter. The holidays behind us. We have a little push before Christmas. Lots of Lions action. We're in a late, lot better spot than we were last year. And we're ready to break it down in a little bit. So Ryan, we'll start on the pitch with the men's soccer team. They finished year nine, seven, and five. But the highlight is their first ECC title since 2008 in PKs, in that thriller, up at Stack. And then they go up as the 10th seed, play the 17 AIC, lose 4 nothing to the Yellow Jackets in West Virginia. But despite the final score, for a team who hasn't been there before, I thought they played really well. Yeah, it was certainly a tremendous experience for them to go up all the way to West Virginia, by the way. It wasn't like they had a home game or they stayed, you know, in the Northeast. They had to go down and, and travel a while to West Virginia. Obviously, the scoreline didn't go as planned, but again, it's been a very memorable season for them. A lot of resiliency, especially defensively. I've been uh, super impressed by that back line. Of course, Nick Cochran, both penalty shootouts, uh, just being an absolute hero for them. So, again, a very memorable season for this men's soccer team that they can build upon going forward. And you have guys coming back and things you could build on, but you really put Malloy soccer on the map because you look back at 2019, they were a four seed and they lost one nil to top seed in mercy. This year they came in as the two seed in the preseason poll finished as a three seed game of inches. Soccer, Peter Meyer hits a crossbar. They could have been the one seed, but you look at that resilient bunch play UDC to a draw and then win in PKs, then go ahead one nothing on a goal by Danny Muir in the final. Get rid of that lead 1-1, but you find your way in the regional, something you want to be in every year. And it's tough in soccer. It's 10 teams from multiple regions. You end up in West Virginia, and they played a very experienced AIC team who is the seventh seed, who played in a very good any 10 conference, had a little bit more experience, and it showed because the Lions made a couple mistakes before you knew it, it was 3-0, and that was the game. But again, the Lions did not play a poor match. They fought till the end, and it's something they can look at this year. We made it this far, and we'll step up in the end. Shifting over to the women's soccer team, very exciting year. Won the ECC for the second consecutive year. We're able to host the regional, and it came down to Mercy, and like 2019, Mercy was a higher seed where Malloy beat them in PKs. This time Malloy was at the higher seed. Really, really tight play game. Really, really good game. But the Mavericks scored a second half goal and were able to win one nothing. Multiple chances for the Lions in the winding seconds, but they just didn't get it done. But that doesn't take away from the great year from Steve Price and his team. No doubt about it. And remember, of course, Malloy beat Mercy to win the ECC, but it happened to be third times the charm for the Mavericks. It's, it seems like there's a bit of a rivalry brewing between these two teams. So that'll be certainly uh, interesting to look forward to in the future. But as you said, it's been a tremendous season for them, you know, being nationally ranked in, I think they're as high as 16th, if I'm correct. So again, it's just been tremendous for them. You have Dana Posh as well, really catching form towards the end of the 
season, entering that Mercy game in the NCAA tournament. She scored in seven straight games. So she just really caught fire. Of course, he had Lexi Verney as well, uh, being absolutely brilliant as well, really all season. So again, it's it's been an, just an incredible season for this women's soccer team. And, and you feel like that they're going to keep up this dominance going forward. And Ryan, this is a group in 2018 that did not make the ECC championship. They were kind of surprised in 2019. And then this year, they really didn't miss a form. They lost 2-1 to Caldwell. They lost to Damon on the road. And then they lost to Mercy. But they were in every game they played. They were a really good squad. And you talk about people like Jackie Cardi, career year here, save percentage, goals against average, shutouts, wins. Her name's all over the record book. Dana Posh, two-time All-American in 2019. Sabrina Bell. You look at all these players, especially that back line going forward. Lexi Verney may come back, and her career has been unbelievable. But you look at this crew, they really built a part going forward for the future of this program. They put Malloy on the map, and I look forward to the future because you have a lot of important players coming back. You lose some key people in some key places, but it's a really big – it wasn't just, okay, 2019 in the East Regional Final. They were to follow that up in a very good East Region, host a regional, and make it to the semifinal where one bounce here, one bounce there, they're back in the regional final. But that's just how sports work sometimes. And what's great about you know, the returning players, you look at that back line, and besides Jackie Cardi, I mean, this is a pretty young back line. Of course, you do have a, a Sarah Tepeto on that left side who's just been tremendous both defensively and attacking-wise as well. Uh, you also have, of course, Lindsay McCarthy back there. Uh, of course, you do still have that experience in Carly Fonseca and Sabrina Bell. Can't forget about Joanna Masiri in the midfield alongside Lenny Sofronio. So, you know, to keep some of those players on the back line and in that midfield role, again, that's going to build this foundation, again, going forward to stay top of the ECC. And you mentioned Joanna Masiri. We'll see her again this spring as she's a member of the women's lacrosse team. Going over to volleyball, transitional year. They ended up losing in the ECC semifinals to the eventual East Region champion. So congratulations to Damon on that feat. But it just shows how good the region is. And a couple more steps, a little more experience on the team that had new roles. The volleyball team's right there to back to be where they were in 2019. And it was just a really good experience for the team. First year coach Brian Smith. They continued to grow. They just weren't able to get it done. Yeah, the fact that they made their playoffs, you know, you have a head coach coming in his first season is an absolutely tremendous job for this team. Of course, you face one of the best teams in the nation, Damon. It's always going to be tough, but again, very valuable experience for them to go up to Buffalo and play, you know, a top team once more. And, you know, the, the key word we've talked about all season with them is resiliency. We've seen it in pretty much every match they've played. It doesn't matter if they're, you know, a set down or if they're, you know, five, 10 points down, they find a way to come back or if not at least make it close and again that is something to really build upon going forward in the future and you look at this fall season especially with the soccers they made the ecc champion they won two ecc championships volleyball made the playoffs and then there's still years of uncertainty because with the covid and the flu all going around it was a really good year because you're still not in your regular pre-covid routine of going to practice and not losing people. All teams have loss. All teams bounce back from loss. So it's just how it went on. And it's a really, really good spring for the Lions. You're not going to win every single championship. They're lucky to get two. And 
there's things you can look on with all three of these teams for breaking down in the fall where you get to the 2022 season next year and you're still really excited what they bring to the field. I remember last season for these fall sports, they didn't play at all due to COVID. So the fact that, you know, they were really back in swing. Of course, you had the fans back, uh, whether it was in Queen Lee Gymnasium or at John A. Darcy Field. It was really just a beautiful sight to behold. And they saw some really great action, especially on the pitch as well. So uh, again, it, the future is certainly bright for all three programs and just looking to keep up this dominance. So we're going to switch from the fall to the winter and we're back on the hardwood with men's and women's basketball track and field, huge opening weekend on Saturday Island. Christiane Weber got the 500 meter record. Katie Moore is just a record breaking machine. She got the 3000 meter record and her ceiling has not been reached yet because she's a sophomore just rewriting the cross country and track and field record books. Really good to get them started, but we're going to start the men's basketball team. Look at the record, Ryan. We haven't spoken in a couple of weeks. They're one in six, but you look at opening weekend, two possession games, losses to Pace in the Delphi with 73-67 and 80-75 respectively. A tough stretch when you play New Haven here and then a red-hot Hofstra Pride Division One team before playing two good NAT 10 teams in Assumption and Stonehill. But you start your new season and that tough non-conference schedule look to be what Charlie Marquand and his team needed to get on the right foot, which they opened ECC play with a 66-56 victory over UDC last Wednesday. And not to say that non-conference games weren't important, but, you, you know, you hear all the time that, oh, you know, the real season starts in conference play. And it feels like with this with this basketball team, it certainly did. 66-56 win defensively. They were, they were just awesome in this game. It was their best defensive output of the season, holding uh, UDC again to their lowest uh, 56 points. Kendall Ogilvy was outstanding in this game. He put up a double-double of 14 points, had a career-high 16 rebounds as well. So he was named the ECC Defensive Player of the Week. Darren Fergus, of course, he, he's one of my favorite players to watch on this, on this basketball team. He's just such an electric guard. He led the way with 17 points. Uh, they shot 43% of the field. So everything just went right for the Lions in this one. And you have four players in double figures. You mentioned Kendall and Darren, but you also have Stephen Torrey, the veteran leader with 10 points. And then Say Diang playing his first college minutes. In game seven for him, he had 12 points. So you look at the maturity, different guys are contributing. They play again against a tough East Strasburg matchup in the PSAC. So for the Lions, it's one more non-conference test before you get into a little bit of a conference groove, so to say, against CSI and Queens before a non-conference game right before their little Christmas holiday because in Division Two there's a dead period over the Christmas holiday so players can see their families and friends. So they'll play Bloomfield and Adelphi before playing ECC play again on January 5th against Stack. So it's two conference games, two non-conference games, and then the grunt of conference action after that. But the Lions, one in six, are getting off on the right foot, and they look to build off that tonight against East Strasburg. That yeah, certainly should be a great matchup tonight. And but let's move over to the women's side as well. You know, three and five overall. They went 0-2 this past week, but as has been the trend all season with these losses, they've been very, very close games. Of course, a three-point loss to UDC on Wednesday, four-point loss to AIC on Sunday. They've only lost one game this season by more than five points. And even their loss to a division one side in Hofstra was just by one point. So they're managing to stay in these games. But the real question is, can they close games out, especially when you get to conference play? That's what's going to be important for this team. You look at the women's basketball team, they're in every game. They're only playing eight players, which is really hard 
for eight players that give their all for all 40 minutes. But you look at the top and it's starting from their graduate leader and their senior leader, their graduate leader being Sophia Lee, who spoke very well on this podcast about her role. She has a double-double in three of the last four games. Gabriella Espru had a career-high 27 points. And for Joe Pelican and his team, they're going to play in every game. It's just a matter, can they get over that hump? And it was a really good back-and-forth game against AIC. They just let a late run come in in the fourth quarter, which cost them on Sunday. They took the lead, AIC took the lead, and AIC was able to complete the comeback and the victory. It's just what eight players are going to come every night. It's really hard when you have that short of a bench. But you look at the team, and you really look at the leadership. We mentioned Gabby. We mentioned Sophia. Maya Thomas is having a really nice season. Again, another graduate transfer out of UDC. You have Morgan Staub, the junior leader. Very experienced group. And then you look at players who are are seeing increased playing time. Trinity Hudson's in her first full season. Cameron Corbett's in her first full season with the Lions. And then Danielle Hipner, first full season. And then the lone freshman, Janelle Moore, who's in her first collegiate season. So these players have seen the floor before, but outside of Espruru, Thomas, Lee, and Staub, the other four haven't played a full college basketball season. It's been slowed down due to COVID and everything else. So you look at three and five, tough record. I'm sure you want to beat UDC to open the year in a close game. You want to beat AIC, but they're not getting blown out. They're in every game, and coaches don't like to hear this, but sometimes you kind of have to lose, learn how to lose before you learn how to win and take the next step. So looking today on December 8th, three and five is not bad just due to the giving 100% on the floor every time and they're in every game. And again, you'd rather lose in non-conference games than these conference games. Obviously, didn't go their way this past Wednesday. But as you mentioned, I think this dynamic duo of leadership between Sophia Lee and Gabriella Spuru is just going to be a tremendous for them going forward. Again, Sophia Lee coming in. Uh, as the CACC Defensive Player of the Year. So, again, just valuable, valuable experience for her to translate that over to the ECC. And so far, it's really worked out. Uh, Cameron Corbett as well, by the way, she's been excellent from three-point land. So it really is important for this team to have such a dynamic three-point shooter like Corbett. So, again, going forward, I wouldn't panic if, if you're the women's basketball team. Wins will come. You're ready. You just got to learn how to finish games. And then we're going to conclude with our recaps with track and – Track's a little different. We mentioned with cross country, it's getting ready for the championship meet. The beginning of indoor track's always a little different because you have two meets and you have a month off and then you go into your grind for ECC championships, which is in the middle of February this year, February 19th at the Ocean Breeze Complex in Staten Island. Advantage for the Lions, they were able to run their first couple meets this past meet, the Billboard Invite, and then the next meet, the Wagner Seahawks Shootout, and the meet following that, the Wagner Invitational, all at the host site of their championship. We mentioned the two records for Katie Moore and Christiane Weber. We're going to talk to Christy, who has multiple school records, and she's been a vocal part of this cross, uh, this track and field team and their success. But good to see them back in action, and for the team, it's just getting things going. So we'll see them next week, and then we'll see the – push to the playoffs starting January 7th all the way through that February 19th East Coast Conference Championship. Again, it's just really exciting to see everything back in full swing. Unbelievable fall season. Congratulations to everybody. Field hockey, cross country, soccer, soccer, volleyball on great seasons. We have bowling. We didn't forget about bowling, but they're not back in action to the middle of January, so we'll touch on them. 
We'll have a couple basketball student athletes next week. But right now, we hope you enjoy the, the interview with junior Kaylee Visigi from the women's track and field team. We're now joined by junior Kaylee Visigi from the women's track and field team. Kaylee, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So you guys had a weird year last year, no indoor track, but you had outdoor track and you guys kicked off the season last week at the Bill Ward Invitational. What was it like being back indoors competing? Yeah, it was great. Uh, a lot of us were really excited to compete, you know, coming off a of preseason uh, with strength training and just getting back into the swing of things. Um, the first meet was, you know, it was pretty good. Everyone performed to the best of their abilities. We had a lot of great performances. One of our teammates, Christy Weber, actually broke the school record for the 500. So that was great to see, um, you know, at the first meet. Um, but yeah, it was a good experience and we're, we're ready for more. And we also talked about, you know, Katie Moore breaking a record as well this past week. And just how impressed have you been with her, you know, being so dominant at both the cross country and the track level? Right, right. So watching Katie perform is insane. It looks like she's doing it with ease. Um, she, she makes it look easy, um, but you could tell she puts in a lot of work, a lot of time, dedication, um, and she's phenomenal. So just watching her grow and just knowing how you know young she is, knowing that she has so much still in her and so much time here at Malloy, I really I can't wait to see the other records that she breaks. So she's she's phenomenal and she's doing really well. Whether it be talking to Coach Bill or Coach Laurel, the first group of people who come to mind is this junior class, which is really a senior class academically, but due to missed time due to COVID, you guys are juniors, which is you, Christy, Christy, Megan O'Callaghan, and that just whole group. What do you guys bring to the team? Because you guys are very successful, but you also bring a great deal of leadership. Right, yeah. So it's, it's awesome that, you know, us girls all being in the same grade, same age, we just, we click really well on and off the track, which really helps, you know, having us bond together and just it just makes us perform a lot better just because we have that unit and then the unity. Um, so it's really nice, you know, that we're, we're just all in the same boat at the end of the day. And we all, you know, we work really well together. We all have the same goals pretty much, even though, you know, Christy Acarina might be on cross country and, and, you know, Megan and Marissa and the other Christy and I are on, on track. Like we all have the same goals at the end of the day is, you know, to really succeed in our own way. Um, but it's awesome, you know, having us all be the same age and we all just go through this together. And it's just, it's a nice foundation that we have. So you have a new, but not so new head coach, of course, Laurel Fisher stepping up after being assistant coach last season. What's it been like seeing her now as the head coach? Oh my gosh, it is phenomenal. Having Laurel as a coach, you know, as a, as a female representative for us, it means a lot. Um, and she, she works really, really hard. You know, she does a lot for this team could tell that she puts her heart and soul into this sport. Um, you know, you just see her running in the workouts with the girls and you could just tell that she genuinely wants everyone to succeed. Um, she's awesome. I really have so many positive words to say about her. And I'm, I'm very happy that she's on the coaching staff because she, she benefits a lot of us and gives phenomenal advice. So I'm very happy to have her. So you personally compete on the track as a runner, but you also jump as a uh, field athlete, what's it like switching from one part of the sport to the other? So very successful on the track, having the four by four record with a number of the people we mentioned before, but you're also all conference in the high jump and competing in the long jump. Is it easy to turn it on and off going from running to jumping? 
Um, it's, it's a challenge, I will say, but it's a challenge that I accept and I, I love a lot. Um, it's a different love that I have for both of them. Running is, 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 take, is one animal and then jumping is a whole different animal. Um, this past meet, I actually finished my 300. I got off the line and I had to go straight to high jump. So it's, it's it, the transition of, you know, from running to jumping, it takes a different mentality and then a different, you know, it's different on your body too. So you, you get pains one way and then pains another way. So it's definitely hard to differentiate the two, but um, I've been doing it for so long and I love it so much. Like the passion overtakes it that um, I, I get used to it and I love it, but um, it's challenging, I'd say, but it's, it's a good challenge. And of course you named to the first team, all ECC for the high jump two seasons ago. What made you really gravitate towards that specific event? I, I love it. I've been doing, you know, high jump since, high school and it's, just, it's different. It's, it's not, it's a unique uh, event in high jump. And I like that. And I like having, you know, a specialty. Um, and I just, I've always gravitated towards it just because I guess the uniqueness of it and it, it puts another element under my belt. So yes, I'm, I'm a runner, but I also, you know, I, I can perform in the field and it also racks in points. So, you know, knowing that I have high jump in my back pocket, that's also knowing that I can bring in these points for our team. So I definitely, you know, I gravitate towards that, you know, for the, for the points and the enjoyment. It's, it's a very, very fun event. I love it. You mentioned the points and this team has grown a lot since you've started your freshman year now into your senior slash junior year. Uh, what, what has the growth of the team? How have you seen the team grow and how has that been like competing with smaller teams and bigger teams with different athletes competing in different events? Yeah, it's, it's been great. I mean, when I first came to Malloy as a freshman, we were a little tiny team, you know, not that many guys and girls uh, competing. We were just a small little, you know, unit family. And now we're, we're huge. We have so many sprinters, so many distance people. And now our jumps, our jumpers are, are racking up in numbers. So we're, we're gaining a lot more people. So it's a lot, it's a much bigger family now. Um, but it's great because now we have multiple people in different events. So, you know, if one's injured, like we have backup people now for our, our relays. If one person's out, we have backup people. And it's so nice to have that because we're always prepared. We're always equipped for, you know, whatever comes at us. Um, and it's great. I, I love having the bigger team just because it, it brings more of a diverse, you know, community uh, together. So it's, it's awesome having a, a larger number. So we talked about adjusting between jumping and running but what's the adjustment like for you in terms of going from indoor track to outdoor track uh it's it's definitely an adjustment um weather is obviously the 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 biggest change because when we're indoor there's no weather conditions so you know you're performing at hopefully your best and then when you get outdoor weather you know it's 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 definitely challenging so that's you know the hardest part is to adapt to the weather and then the track from when you're in indoor, it's a 200 meter track and it's a lot smaller. So when you go to outdoor, it's a 400 meter track. So it's a lot bigger, um, same, same distance, but just looks a lot bigger. Um, so that's also an adjustment. It's just, you know, having to retrain your mind um, of how to run uh, differently on, on the outdoor track. Um, but, uh, you know, transitioning into outdoor is, is great. You know, it, once you get that warm weather and, and you know, you loosen up, you, you, your muscles feel good. It's, it's a great great experience. So spring is always a good time. So we like to highlight the whole student athlete here on the main stage. 
you're a special education major. How are your classes going this semester and how has your career as a student been at Malloy? Uh, very, very good. I am so happy with the Malloy education program, uh, focusing in special ed and that's, you know, my specialty. I love it. Right now I'm in my methods courses. So right now in school, I'm basically learning how to teach, you know, like math, science, English, and it's the best experience so far. It's super hands-on, super uh, engaging, and I'm, I'm loving every second of it. It's great. So you also work with Best Buddies as well, uh, you know, in terms of special education. What made you kind of gravitate towards that as well and helping out uh, kids in need? Yeah, um, I've been working with kids with disabilities all my life. Uh, my brother was born with Down syndrome, so that was kind of like a gateway into it. Um, but working uh, in Best Buddies at Malloy has been amazing. I'm the vice president of the club, and the club is just basically um, pairing students with disabilities with Malloy students. Um, and we just give them that outlet to, you know, create friendships, uh, uh, you know, bonding experiences. And it's just so super fun. We actually just wrapped up our uh, uh, fall semester of events and we ended off on like a karaoke uh, holiday event. And it was just so great, you know, having everyone there participating, having that family, you know, unit. It's just it's an awesome club, Best Buddies. So you look at Best Buddies and you also look at Malloy, which is big in the community of service. And during your summers, you do some work with the town of Hempstead and working at uh, Camp Anchor. What's that experience like for you? Oh my gosh. Uh, working at Camp Anchor is probably the best you know job I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, I would never trade it for the world. So Camp Anchor is, is a summer camp for uh, children and adults with disabilities. Um, it's a six week run camp. Uh, we're located down by Lido Beach. So we're we're on the beach uh, and we basically follow like a school schedule going from, you know, arts and crafts, ceramics, fitness, uh, pool, we'll go down to the beach, we have culinary, um, just a whole bunch of events uh, and activities that we do with these kids. Uh, truly, truly life-changing, uh, eye-opening. It's such a rewarding experience, but it's definitely, you know, my life and what I, what I love to do. Um, so I, I, I know I said before, it's the best job ever, but it really, it's, it's doesn't even feel like a job. I'm not working. I'm just, you know, hanging out with these people. And it's truly the best experience of my life. It's so fun. Now, in terms of deciding to go to Malloy, was that more for, you know, the special education major? Was it more for the track side of it? Or was it really kind of a combination of both? Yeah, so definitely with uh, my parents, they really pushed for both academic and athletic. They, you know, really wanted me to do both. And I also strongly wanted to do both, um, which was nice because it wasn't like a, you know, an, uh, a tough decision going into it. Um, but, you know, choosing Malloy for academics was the best decision of my life. I, I truly think I'm getting the, the most out of it um, and far above. Um, and then for athletics, I, I, I'm so happy that I chose Malloy because it is such a unity and they're so understanding and so easy to talk to all the athletic directors and the trainers and the coaches. It's truly a, a great community to be a part of. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to, um, you know, join this chapter and, and be a part of it. And then just one last question for me. I, I saw that you played one year of soccer in high school. So I just wondering how you got into that. And if you have any interest in playing for the yeah. world. I, I, I honestly, I thought about that coming to Malloy because I, I truly, I loved playing soccer. I played travel soccer all throughout my entire life. I, I actually stopped up to my senior year. I played travel and then I played varsity at high school. And I loved it. And I really wanted to do both uh, here at Malloy, but 
I, my love for track is, is a little bit more, but um, I, I do love soccer. My, my dad was my coach all throughout my life and travel. So that was like a great bonding experience. But yeah, soccer does have a place in my heart still. Kaylee, I want to thank you for taking the time. And it's been great watching your success on and off the track. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We want to thank Kaylee for taking the time out of her schedule to discuss the track and field season, but also her involvement as a special education major with the Best Buddies program and the good work they do. I want to thank Ryan for joining me and thank you for all your work with me this semester, Ryan. It's been a lot of fun. Hopefully we can squeeze one more episode out of you, but we'll see what happens. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Main Stage Pod and on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Malloy Lines. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.